Hi, and welcome to Tower After Hours. Yay. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hey. Um, so Tower After Hours, this is our digital marketing podcast from the team at Tower Marketing. I'm Kelly, and I have a fantastic crew with me today the on the podcast. Um, we've got Meg. Hello. And we have Michael Shaw. Hi. And we have Alyssa. Hi. And we're really excited. Um, we were having a conversation before we hit record, and we were having so much fun that Alyssa's like, hit record. Here we go. Take it away, Alyssa. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did you get the momentary podcast right? <laughs> well, it's kind of like I didn't know what the transition's okay. not going to be as great um, as you expected to be. I feel like so. Gotta hide researching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm researching for the podcast. Um, I found like a really great article because I never know necessarily what to talk about. So I feel like you know if you are a specialist role here you kind of come in with stuff that's related to your specialty because you feel like you can apply it and because i'm more on the account side of things it's kind of like organization and client relationships and getting like people to do their work yeah communication and like yay like <laughs> like all of those topics scintillating podcast yeah <laughs> so then i found this article and it was like how to um, explain to your family what you do if you work in a technical um, marketing setting. And I was like, yes. If you were is... a techno queen, how yes. to explain That's it to your am. family. That's what I am. I may or may not have been called that. It's fine. You're welcome. You're in the presence of greatness, Meg. Every day. Every day. I'm so blessed. I was like, yes. I've worked here for almost six years and my mom still doesn't know what I do. It's fine. And then I started reading it. I was like, ah, I feel like every single person in here would relate to it. And then I found an industry article, which I was prepared to talk about, and we bailed on it. So we're going rogue. We're going rogue. <laughs> the article is almost a year old, which is why I bailed on it. But it's relevant. And it essentially said it was posted right before Thanksgiving last year. And it said, like, great, it's the holiday time. You're going to be around your family. Everyone's oh, going to ask you. I think I did see this, actually. It was on Medium. Yes. Everyone's going to ask you how work is. And then they're going to say, what do you do again? And this whole scenario was, like, how to explain to them your job and the different roles in your job through, like, a bakery um, analogy scenario. Yeah. See, and I think that you probably have maybe an easier time now that you're doing like yeah. the client facing stuff and kind of project management because you don't really have to go into like Technical. websites. Yeah. You could, but it's more of like, so what kind of clients yeah. do you have and what is it? That what does your, your company, company does? does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, well like we design websites and you know, we do internet marketing and they just kind of glass over because if it's not like magazine ads <laughs> and like radio scripts, they, it like, it doesn't exist. So I well, feel... then you do tell them like, yeah. like Facebook and like, oh, you do those? Right, right. It's like this look of disgust comes on their face. Right. And maybe because, I mean, I do this, but I mean, Shaw, Shaw and Meg do SEO and I feel like you could be like, do you know how you do a Google search? Well, I make sure that... <laughs> My clients are found there. I feel like people would understand it's that, and every, might even be like interested yeah, in it. And then in some every way. other person's like, "Hey, can then can you get me to number one? I've got this rinky-dink website, and 
it's as ugly as sin, but I want to be fun for the, you know. Okay, but then you need to say, Girl, you know how you do created it for me or something like that. You know how you do a Google search? I get my clients to show up there after a really, really, really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told, I told someone like a while ago and it was like the worst, like, analogy I've ever used, but I was like, you know the show Mad Men? Yeah. It's basically like that except propaganda, but it's websites. And they're like, that sounds horrible because like Mad Men was like yeah. such horrible and crude things well, like happening like Every there. time you use the word propaganda, it's essentially doing that back then in like traditional advertising, but that's what I've used in the past. But like, I feel like my parents, my dad, I've told this to you before, he has actually screenshotted, screenshot the like rich snippet of what an SEO specialist is and he has it pinned on his board <laughs> at work because when people come in and ask him what his kids do he goes well it's easy my son's an engineer but my daughter's this and then he'll <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I love it that engineer is the least complicated of it. it's just like they build stuff like they're good but like Megan doesn't build stuff she yeah. does other stuff she's behind the scenes but my roommate is really easy to talk to because like when I used to recruit positions like this in the past like I'll go home and I'll talk to her about my day she goes oh yeah oh yeah do you use WooCommerce plugin mm-hmm. do you do that she understands and it's so great yeah. to talk to her but then talking to my parents like I don't understand where you yeah. were 15 minutes ago <laughs> when you were explaining it and it was my just my mom always funny. says oh so like you know my daughter she um she works on computers she works on computers. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma and that's it and that's that's what it is or, uh, yeah. what was the other one my mother in said he works with the internet. You know, like <laughs> yeah. this is this huge thing yeah. and it's just like, yeah. Mm. And then what happens is like my mom will call me and she'll be like, oh, well, like, can you get on my computer and like print me that document? And I'm like, no, I can't. And she's like, well, why not? It's on my computer. You've done it before. And I'm like, yeah, I've logged into your email. Bef- like I can log into your email, but I can't log on to your computer. through. We can't do that through my email. No, no, My no, mother-in-law did the same oh. thing, but she, but she was doing it on her phone. She goes, but you were on my phone the other day. You could access, <laughs> you could yeah. access it, so why can't you do it now? And then my mother-in-law thinks I'm, I'm actually trying to, like, get rid of her, or, like, I'm trying to, like, not do it because I'm being a jerk. And she starts, like, getting upset with me. And I'm like, listen, I promise you, I can't do that. <laughs> I will do it when I get to the, get home or after work or something, but no. Yeah. A deadpan crazy. conversation I had with my grandmother was when I first told her I switched jobs and like do that. Because sales is easy. I was like, oh, I was doing sales. She's like, cool, I don't know for what, but sales. But then after I explained what I did here, she goes, so wait, what's a website? <laughs> like, what, what do you mean be found in Google? What's Google? I'm like, Google's a search. She is a little bit older. I love oh, yeah. her daily. But like, she's a grandma. She's she a, gr- a little older. Like, she's like, she goes, I don't understand what, why Google matters. I'm like, because when people find stuff, they need to search it. She goes, oh, well, I still like look at the paper and yellow pages yeah. and like the stuff's in there too. I'm like, yeah, but people don't do that. Like, Deadpan. Deadpan. And she's like, oh, so you work for Google. I'm like, I wish. <laughs> I wish I did SEO Google. Maybe I should be concerned that my parents don't ask me what I do <laughs> and don't ask me to fix their computers. No, because you... I think you're lucky. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you're lucky. If they have a computer problem, they go to my husband. If yeah. they have a problem with their new iPhones, they literally ask my 12-year-old oh. <laughs> to fix it for them. Yeah. Well, when my grandma wants stuff to be fixed, my dad stops going and sends Brandon because he's like, oh, he's the engineer, so he can just go and fix whatever you need. Yeah. She's the ACO. She'll fix what you need. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That's not how that works. Well, that was great, Alyssa. I mean, that was, that was fun. It was an old topic, but I don't think it ever 
It never, never gets old. Never gets old. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I'm gonna. I'm seeing my parents this weekend, and I'm gonna ask them. What do I do? What do they think I do? Yeah. My dad won't know. My mom might have a an idea. A day in the life of Kelly Howard. I mean, it's easy uh. for me. I just say like, hey, you know, like when you go on a website and there's words on it. Yeah. <laughs> I happen? put them there. I put them there. <laughs> it's not even like. Just, I also sometimes make videos. It's not even <laughs> Take just pictures. my mom, but like even my sister, who's only five years older than me. I'm not sure she could regurgitate really? what I do. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of stuff. I come from, like, a family of, like, teachers and educators, so, like, the simple fact that I'm not a teacher is mind-boggling to my entire family. That's yeah. fantastic. But yeah. you still, like, are the teacher of our office. Oh, uh, sure. Miss sure Alyssa. No. Okay. All right. Um, Sorry, Master, it won't happen. I had some interest um, in hearing about what Shaw wanted to talk about. Uh, he walked in the room and said oh, he was going to have a... one single little sheet I know. of paper. And he said he was going to have a moan fest, but it was going to uh, be... That sounds <laughs> horrible. Nope. But that it was going to be fine. Okay. okay. Look and at my, the time. Look at the time. Gotta go. Well, it's actually funny Complaining. Enough, it's based off the same uh, concept where, oh. uh, you know, your mom or your dad don't understand what you're doing. And we try to explain to them, it, it gets even more foggier. But I feel like... Um, it happens with clients to where there's a, it's a disconnect between yeah. sales and marketing. Mm. And it's incredibly frustrating because I'm not a salesman. I'm not, I'm not about generating purely just sales. I mean, that's not what our agency or mm-hmm. agencies do. But that is what we all get evaluated on. And when we try and explain to the clients, we are like the background. We're like the first steps to any sort of sales is it comes down to marketing. And, you know, what is the difference between sales and marketing? And I feel like we're still having to, you know, I feel like I have to talk to the clients sometimes like I'm talking to my parents. And we have to be careful because oh, no. they can get it, you know, this is what we live every day. So yeah. it's yeah, very it's easy for us to talk this way. But yeah. we have to be very considerate that that's not how these people think they're thinking about their business their yeah. you know their bottom line and and we now have our our job is to now get in their mindset to help them understand what we are trying to do and it's and vice versa and vice versa so it's it's, it's really it's frustrating because I, I i i feel like this is what we do every day this is what we enjoy doing hopefully so we should be able to explain it and then it's so frustrating when you you've explained it like umpteen million times and the person still does not know yes how why and they have that you know that that glossy eyed stare at you and I was telling Meg yesterday yeah. that there there is always an aha moment you can tell on both sides so there's that aha moment for us where it's like oh that that's what your products are used for that's what your that's the like group of people that your services speak to got it now i've got it the clarity comes in and then on the other side the client has the aha moment of like so things are moving and there is progress and this is how we can attribute it to this sale or this lead now i got it now it makes sense now i understand now i want to do more it's just the time it takes for that to happen varies so meg huh yeah 
what do you think the difference between marketing and sales is? And you don't have to think about digital marketing or digital sales, but just marketing and sales in general. What's the difference? If you had to explain to a client. Can I jump in? I feel like I have an idea. Also, Meg looks like she wants to cry. (laughs) I just like, I know sometimes marketing doesn't always lead to a sale, but it's more an awareness of what your brand actually is. And a sale is like, I'm thinking of it from like SEO that I know not all SEO leads to sales. Um, I feel like I've always thought that marketing enticed me more than sales because I didn't like sales because I didn't like trying to convince someone to do something. I'd rather someone do something because they trust in what I'm saying first and marketing establish a reputation for a brand first rather than like saying like soliciting someone like that's kind of how I've done it. But Kelly, I feel like you would explain it better. Well, I mean, I was just going to say that it's a step in the sales process. And I think we often say that to a degree, I don't, I don't want it to come off like, but with, um, internet marketing, you know, we are really focused on driving your organic traffic. Somebody put something in Google and your website, a page on your website, a blog article from your website shows up and that's how they get to your site. But it's almost like we're responsible for getting them there. Yes. And once they're there, then your products, your sales team, your promotions need to get them to right. take that because final there's step. there's a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of factors at play. Now, if we've created your website, well, right. sure, we're a little bit more now but in it on that second if, step. If it's an e-commerce website and you're offering pricing, we have no say in your price points. We have no say in... How fast your sales team responds. We have no say in how fast shipping happens or your inventory levels. We, in marketing, have no control Or the quality of your product, even. Right. We can offer suggestions, but in the end, it's kind of up to us to, to get them there maybe keep them there a few more steps through like other pages like it's interesting i mean you talked about the aha moment which is when we as the marketers understand we we finally get that insight into what they're trying to do and what they're trying to say and what they've been trying to express all along and then when the client actually understands what we're trying to do or what our capabilities are and i'm wondering like how how do we get that aha moment sooner in the process? You know, we, we meet with the client, they tell us about their brand, they tell us what they want to do. I mean, I think it makes sense. I'd go and then I'm like, okay, well, this is how we can help. I think for us, I always, so when, when Mike and I meet with prospects for any line of business that we have, one of the things that I always recommend to clients, and I, will, and I say, like, whether you're going with us at the end of this or you're going to go with another company, start preparing for the conversation. The, the clients that come to us and who know what they want in the long term early will have a better, faster success rate. Mm. Because what's happening is the conversations that we're having at the, having at the beginning of the relationship are more purposeful. If, if we come to the table more well-researched on them and their products, we're going to ask deeper thought-provoking questions that we're going to get to the answers faster. We're going to know where they want to go and then we can strategically plan for it from day one rather than 
being really vague for the first half of the campaign and then not having those more crucial conversations until six, nine months down the road. I think, yeah. It's about being prepared and knowing what you want out of it. It's an investment on both sides. And so if I a think, client, if sorry, a client hasn't done, especially if a client hasn't done internet marketing before, I feel like it takes quite a few months of seeing it in action before mm-hmm. they have that aha moment. Because they're just, we can tell them this is what's going to happen, this is what we're doing, but until they I mean, see it going on, right. I think they're still, it's still. For help. For mm-hmm. a reason, they have something to satisfy, so they have to have some sort of idea as to what they want to get out of it at the end. I feel like there's a lot of anomalies that come in the way, and this is me speaking from an SEO standpoint, not necessarily like across the board for every client we help. But there's an expectation of yes, I will be found, whether that's by my brand, by my product, by my service. But there's anomalies along the way that might throw a campaign or something off kilter based on, well, your competitor is selling your exact same product worth yeah. quality, but for $30 less. This is why this isn't going to happen right away. And we need some other sort of uniqueness to your brand that can set that off balance again and make yeah. you rise to the top. Like, I feel like those difficulties come up a lot in terms of like st- strategy for internet marketing for us, because we could have one client that has three competitors that sell the exact same thing they do in the same exact location. Yep. And all that's different is just the name of the company. Yep. So what those challenges come along that those expectations are sometimes not, I don't want to say they're not met, but they're, they're challenges along the way that throw those aha moments mm-hmm. to be even further down the line. Or, or like Kelly said, if a client hasn't done internet marketing before, they don't know what their digital marketplace is. They yeah. don't know where they sit. They don't know where their competitors sit. Mm-hmm. Like they may know their competitor and their products and their sales process through and through, but in a digital space, they may have no idea. And we are the ones almost finding that out and providing them mm-hmm. with that information. So I mean, there yeah, there's a lot of situations. You know, Meg, you mentioned expectations, and I think. I'm going, you know, going back to marketing versus sales. What's the difference? And I think, I think you know, marketing and sales kind of get joined together at the hip, yeah. but there is a significant difference. And you talked about relationships and stuff. And I, I, these are just a few words that I jotted down about differences between marketing and sales. Where marketing is user focused, whereas sales tends to be product focused focused Mm -hmm. the um you know marketing is more about attraction and 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 it's more of a long-term investment whereas sales like kelly was saying earlier is towards the end of the process and it's about closing the deal and it's it's a goal goal. it's a goal exactly um marketing is about influencing customers perception and there to support sales whereas Sales is about closing the deal. And I think, you know, if we had to um, look at them again, I think there's marketing, which is mainly pull, and we get sales, which is pushing. And you need both of them on there. But I think they definitely do different things. And I think having helping clients understand that right from the beginning, you know, we're not, we're not going to get you sales straight away if we're doing, you know, SEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, 
if you've got a a, a, a brick and mortar store in order to get a sale you first need people to come to your store and that's kind of what SEO and content and social will do they'll get people to your store which in this case would be your website but then there's a whole nother element or process that takes over which is now the product the relationship all of those things have to com- convert that user into believing that this is the best deal the best service the best product and to part away with their money um, believing that they're getting uh, value in return and I think for me and I didn't mean to sound earlier like I was complaining about clients or anything that's not what I meant I what intended but it is a frustrating thing because marketing and sales they just mm-hmm. blend together and when someone wants marketing they're expecting their bottom line to go up and while that's true marketing's only part of that process there's a whole sales process too that I think it's overlooked mm-hmm. I think as I was listening to you just you mentioned being overlooked because I always overlook it and I think sometimes we like as a whole overlook it because we have um, you know a client who might say you know this these marketing tactics aren't you know leading to a sale they're not and then I know that sometimes we kind of overlook that part in the analytics where we can see how it assisted the sale. Mm. It probably was not that final driver to the sale, but through analytics we can say like, oh, an email or a, an organic search or a, a social post was that first... Point of reference. Yeah, yeah, first point of reference that led the client or the customer through several things. And I know that I always sometimes kind of forget to go back and look at that whole assisted conversion Mm -hmm. because it's very unlikely that someone is going to come, read a blog post, yes, I'm sold, give me everything you have. But that could be the catalyst that started their, oh, I didn't realize this company and look what they do have now and maybe next time. So I think that that gets overlooked because people just want to see like, point A to point B. They don't want like A, B, C, D. The whole journey that's yes. involved. Yeah. I feel like that's a struggle that we see with clients who pay for S- or for PPC. And again, kind of all what y'all <laughs> saying, this isn't like a diminishing to what we're doing now, but um, it's, it's kind of like if you have a product or service and you do pay-per-click advertising, someone who clicks on your ad for the first time who's a new user might not automatically buy the product there and then. They're doing, especially if it's a product or... Like, they're going to do research. And the article I talked about actually reviewed how to get that even more. Look at that segue. I know. Meg, I just, I figured. Look at that segue. I know. I segued hard. Here we Uh go. Here we go. No, but it was just saying, like, you're not generating sales right away, but how can you make your PPC and content shine together in order to obtain that down the line? And a lot of what they said was, you're learning when you first launch your campaigns. It's a lot of learning, especially for your ideal client that has never done digital marketing or has never um, done pay-per-click advertising because you're essentially seeing the keywords that are making people more aware of your brand, A, but then other keywords that might better influence your copy for blogs that would then tie into an organic search um, goal. Um, But to finish what I was just saying real quick, like in PPC, like, we like seeing the engagement of, you know, people clicking on the ads and then going to the website and doing what they do, but 
a good unique user to us is someone who has assisted pathways that they return back to the pages that they were like to go off what you were saying to go back and say I like this information better I'm returning and I'm making a purchase like because too many people are harping on reviews and comparing and contrasting products nowadays that they're not going to buy right away unless it's something that you've ran out of and you're brand loyal loyal to that brand and you repeatedly buy it but um, some of the things that I liked from the article I found um, was that I don't think a lot of people understand that initially PPC is just really good for brand exposure in general. We're doing that for clients right now, um, or at least rolling it out to you know better help their brands get exposure to see how people are interacting with it um, and seeing some of the keywords that are tied to it that can better influence content teams work that I might see, oh, so-and-so search for this in this way as a question, because again, we see a lot of like questions in keywords in PPC because of voice search being so prominent now right. that they're being like, where do I find this? How can I find this? How do I build or make this? And that I'm seeing that a lot, um, for a couple clients that we have. Um, but a survey, this jumped out at me a lot. Um, one survey found that 90% of customers are more than likely to trust brands with custom content that's informative rather than saying, so buy it. Yep. So it's like I'm learning about the product I need based on the fact that I know I'm missing something. Um, I know I have a need and I'm comparing, but I have a trust towards something I'm finding in content, and that might make me more interested in returning, returning and making the purchase. Um, I'm trying to find this one part. Oh, yeah. Um, the one thing that in PPC that's really important to tie along with everything we're saying is the landing page experience for the customers or users that we want our clients to find. Um, and you, the buyer's journey. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a customer has a need or problem that they know they need to either buy something or search for something of a service, but they do research on it. And then they even go further to, see those reviews and do tutorials in order to see if this is the right purchase. So they're taking so much time. So I don't know. I just thought all of that kind of painted nicely of how since Tower does holistic marketing, uh -huh. all of our tactics make sense in order to cater to that type of marketing at yeah. the end. Mm -hmm. And being able to show that to the client is important. Being able to say like, you know, tracking that user's journey and showing them the ebbs and flows and you know sometimes people don't make a, a decision that could be take months and that de that depends on the type of product or service or mm -hmm. all sorts of things so yeah. yeah and going back to the challenges thing I talked about like along the way that like the aha moments Alyssa was talking about in PPC we see a lot of stuff that doesn't work right away mm -hmm. like a can't like we're I have had times where people are like not clicking on my ads and I'm thinking why I think it's great you know well it's not what the users are searching it's not what clearly not where their heads are at and that's where a B and split testing comes into play where we're gonna test out the different ways and I don't want to say rhetoric but the way that people are saying or talking about the thing you want them to come and research and find more and learn more about. Um, but you can't do that without content. You can't. You can't. So. Oh, was that a segue? That was a segue to you. <laughs> <laughs> also, so natural. Goodness. <laughs> Sorry, my radio personality Popcorn came out. <laughs> we so value our segues on the podcast. Um, but I am going to speak about 
um, SEO copywriting. So thanks, Meg. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Great article you're about to talk about. It is, and Meg actually um, shared this article with me, um, and it's a list of... (laughs) (laughs) Well done. It's a list of 10 tips for um, SEO copywriting. So I'm, I pulled the list and I'm like, well, I'm going to go through and I'm just going to mark Were the one. Were you trying to tell Kelly something? No, she I was. wasn't. No, I wasn't. I was actually, sure? I was actually tickling her ego by, well, not tickling. I, or it's and stroking. The, and those 10 tips were what? <laughs> Sorry. Stroking. I will. No. Not any better. Um. I will say that she didn't share it with me specifically. She shared it with the team as a whole. So I did not take it as a personal, <laughs> personal attack. Even though she did mean I love you so much, she Kelly. Did. I love you so much. Okay. <laughs> but it's a list of 10 things. And before coming into the podcast recording, I was like, well, I'm just going to like mark a couple that I think are like the most important. And then I ended up just um, highlighting the whole list because yep. I was like, no, this is great. Also, this is great. This is great. Um, so writing for websites is, um, a little different than, you know, normal writing. You have, um, your SEO, um, factors that you need to take into account, um, but you still need it to be very natural and user-friendly. And I think there have been times where we've all kind of opened a blog or uh, somebody's service page or just something on a website and we are like, whoa, this is so... SEO optimized that I could tell you right now what the focus keyword is. I could tell you what three other like uh, secondary keywords are because it's written, <laughs> it's written so much for Google that it's not taking into account of how it would um, read for a user. And Google's important, but your users are more important. So yeah, um, you have to say that because we work for Google. <laughs> well, I can um, plot twist. Plot twist, we don't work for Google. Or do we? But if anybody wants to speak to Google, Meg has a really, um, really solid phone relationship. Oh, yeah. I have at least, at this point, 17 friends at Google on their help desk. So, um, and we are all friends. Okay. So, these SEO copywriting tips are kind of um, simple. I mean, it's probably nothing that people haven't thought of, but it's just good to keep them in your mind. Um, so one of the things is that you need to understand your reader's level of awareness and that can, (laughs) (laughs) I can see her laughing back there. It's really distracting. Sorry. So that means that you have to have content on your website for someone who is coming there for the very first time, has no idea what your product or service is all about, has no idea what you are all about, but you also need to have content for people who um, are a little bit more informative, um, are familiar, um, have some um, relationship with you or have used products and services like yours in the past. And that then leads into um, the idea of building your content like you build a house. And Mike Shaw's smiling at me because he's always <laughs> preaching this. Um, Metaphors. <laughs> Metaphors. Metaphors. <laughs> Sorry. And that just means having a good, solid foundation of, like, the basic, what we kind of call the 101 level content. So, mm-hmm. like, 
how do you use this? What is this? Um, ways to choose your product or service. Um, hacks. And you, hacks. <laughs> she hates when I use them. Beginner's Sorry. guides. Um, so that's where you want to start. And then from there, you can do things that are a little bit more in-depth. Um, you know, now that you've used this, here are 10 surprising ways to use this, 10 things you haven't thought of, um, new ways to accomplish your task. Um, so, and then that takes you a house or a pyramid or whatever structure you're thinking of, but you really want to start with your reader's level of awareness from completely unaware to I'm aware of what my problem is to I'm aware of what my problem is and I have some ideas of what my solution could be to this is the solution that I want to use and have used. So that's also important. Okay, when you're writing, can any, I'm gonna put this question out here to like get people talking. <laughs> A human's um, brain. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, this is a perfect example because I am not using mine very well. Attention span. A human's attention span is equal to what animals? Elephant. Oh, a fish. Oh. Wait, uh, I think I read this article. I think I read a monkey. It is a goldfish. <gasps> yes. <laughs> a human's sorry. attention sorry, span. Sorry, 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 sorry. What do I get? <laughs> a human's attention span is um, equal to that of a goldfish. So when uh. you're writing your content, you have to get people in from the start. <laughs> so that's a really great headline. But um, wow. we know that. Um, even though people read your headline, it doesn't even mean that they'll move on past like the first paragraph. So your headline, your opening paragraph really need to speak to your audience. So your headline, after reading your headline, after reading your opening paragraph, people need to say, is this for me? And is this addressing a problem I have? And if you can get people to be like, oh yes, I'm a first time home buyer or, oh yes, I have a problem with, um, creating a meaningful relationship with my students, um, then you can get them to move on. Mm -hmm. And then from there, the structure of your content, simple things such as using like subheadings, using bullets, using lists, um, using sexy imagery, mm -hmm. um, infographics, things like that is going to keep their attention as they move through the page. Did you like that, Alyssa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, I, I want to bring up this point because we see this so often um, when we work with um, interns or we work with recent college graduates that um, um, create content um, is they have a very hard time of breaking that writing mentality yeah, that they had um, when they were in school. Um, you know, according a to a survey from this agency on this date, 82% blah, blah, blah. I love stats as much as anyone else and I love to include stats in what I write but um, there you have to kind of break out of that like research paper mentality yeah. um, and make your content a little more conversational mm -hmm. um, even if you are a very button up and professional lawyers uh, or anything you don't need to 
you can use your content to kind of portray a little personality to kind of speak one-on-one. You know, if I were sitting in a room with Mike Shaw, I wouldn't say, according to search engine land, um, did you realize that 80, you know, so you really want to think about um, being able to create content that's conversational, but of course still um, allowing it to let your expertise and your authority come through. And yet we're taught that our whole lives, like annotated bibliography, Mm -hmm. like all that crap. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, people are only talking natural. They're talking natural. And, you know, if, 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 as far as like, you know, um, your point about like annotating and giving credit to people, it's, it's so different with like online writing. I mean, you, you, yeah, you read a great article and you're like, I love what they had to say. Or like they had some fantastic stats or, you know, that idea got my mind rolling. I mean, you link to the article, you make sure that people are aware that this is where you got it from, but you don't need to be so stiff and formal in stating the source. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something that, I mean, I've noticed a lot with, um, like I said, with interns that we worked with. And I think that sometimes they're kind of relieved when I say to them, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do this anymore. Right, like, you take can... a <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, you yeah, like, yeah. So SEO team, anything else that I've uh, forgotten to put in there that you want to judge me on? I'm not judging my writing. <laughs> I actually was going to say, we do infographics for a lot of our clients, a lot of which Kelly does, and they're freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stats. That's where the stats, stats on go. Stats on stats. That's where the stats um, There was something about um, a link to BuzzSumo in that article, I think, that mm-hmm. was like, um, if you personally are struggling with, I don't know how to make a great headline about, like, garden hedges, like, or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, not to say your product or service may be boring, but, like, it's really difficult to make an engaging one. I think there was a chart in there that. Is, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Going, and yeah, it was no. basically, like, d- what is trending in terms of um, catchy headlines. Yes. That can switch up the way your content's presented. Like, you didn't know you could grow, like, five surprising plants that grow real nice on your fence. Like, I don't real know. Nice. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, that was a really horrible off the, That's for the content team. But, um, you know, just different ways to use your content. Yeah. So, they what they did was they measured the... Um, Average, they were measuring Facebook engagement yeah. on different pieces of content, and they were looking at the headlines. And um, kind of above and beyond, um, X reasons why, or X things you, were like very catchy headlines. That's, that's what people were responding to. Um, and yeah, so we always say things with numbers. Um, uh, how to things, why you need to, um, really catch people's attention because sure. What do I need? How do I do that? Okay. Does anybody have anything that they would love to throw out here at the end and share with our readers? Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Of course. Don't tell my mother-in-law I was talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, that, 
this is a secret. Yeah. Secret mm-hmm. society. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll send the link to this uh, podcast to, to your mother-in-law. <laughs> Are these podcasts available on Spotify? Oh, my God. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, and we now have a um, podcast feed on iTunes. <gasps> Excellent information. People have been coming to me and asking where they can get our podcast. All the tens of tens of listeners. Yep, all the one, which is my mom. Love you so much. You know what she does, mom. (laughs) Now you know. know. All right. Thank you, Meg. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, Mike Shaw. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. (laughs) We'll be back again for another Chower After Hours.